Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I'll share with you from 1 Peter chapter 1 today, 1 Peter chapter 1, and uh, we're going to read verses 3 through 9, uh, and I want, to, uh, I want to share a message with you this morning uh, entitled, uh, Going Through the Breakthrough Process. Uh, the, title, the title of this message is, uh, Going Through the Breaking of Breakthrough. Um, we talk about breakthrough. Um, all of us are always excited about any time that, or any chance that there is a breakthrough that happens in our life. But in order for us to go uh, through a breakthrough, you have to go through a breaking process. There has to be something that breaks. Something has to break. Something has to, something has to give. I almost titled this message, and that's why I had to go back and check my title again. Because what I wanted to title this message was Going Through the Grind. Um, and, and the reason for that is because the illustration that I want to use uh, this morning comes from uh, the process in which uh, gold is refined. You'll see here in just a moment, we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verses 3 through 9. But there's a process that happens in order for gold to be refined or in order for gold to be purified. Let's look at the word. Let's see what it says this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 3 through 9, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice... Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Can we pray over this word today? God, I thank you for your presence and your love that's evident in our lives, evidence in this play, evident in this place and in the places of every person that's joining us online today. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the power of it and we thank you for the transformation that it brings that Lord, as children of God, we are being renewed day by day as Romans chapter 12, verse number 2 reminds us. And Lord, as we come before you in this moment, we just invite your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and our lives exactly what we need to hear from you today. Lord, you know where each of us is at in life. You know exactly what we're walking through, what we're facing, what we're up against, uh, the things that are happening and that are taking place, not only in our own lives personally, uh, but Lord, around us. God, in our, in our community, in our, in our city, the state, our nation, and the world. And I just pray that today, that Lord, we would have revelation from you. That Lord, our eyes would be open to what you are showing us. That our ears would be open, Lord, to hear what you are speaking to us. I thank you for the love of God that is bringing salvation, the word of God which is bringing healing and deliverance, the freedom that you are bringing to us as we walk in the power of your word spoken to us today. God, we give you all the praise, all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 
So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9, through 9, one of the things that always speaks such excitement and anticipation in my life is verse number 6, where he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Um, I don't know about you, but rejoicing while suffering grief in all kinds of trials is not necessarily the first thing uh, that comes to my mind. Uh, in fact, it makes me think of James chapter 1, verse number 2, where he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Uh, you know, it's an exciting and anticipating thing when you come to church uh, at the beginning of the year and your pastor says, I want to preach to you today a message uh, entitled, Going Through the Breaking of the Breakthrough in your life. And that's not always the most exciting and anticipating thing, but honestly, what the what the leaders of the church, the apostles and 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 the pastors, the ministers of the gospel and those authors that wrote these letters and that wrote the word of God in the New Testament that we read today, they were sharing with us a powerful truth, a powerful revelation uh, because there's something very significant that happens in our lives when we go through a breakthrough, when we go through the breaking process that it takes to that moment. When you look at gold, uh, and, and it, he mentions this in the next verse, when you look at the process to which gold is refined, uh, gold first has to be ground up. They have to grind it up and mix it with another substance in order to be able uh, to expose the impurities that are in it in order to purify that gold. And so it's then heated by fire. And through that fire process, the weight of the gold settles underneath. And the flux that they mix it with and the dross, which is all the other metals that are in it, rise to the surface. And then they're able to ladle that off. They're able to pull all of, that, uh, other, all of those other metals and all those other substances out of that so that the gold is then purified. And so when we look at that process and when we think about that process, it, it kind of stirs a little bit of excitement in my heart and it stirs a little bit of anticipation in my life because for many of us, we have been walking through uh, some difficulties, some trials, some circumstances and some situations that have, uh, that have felt uh, overwhelming. We've been walking through some things, we've been dealing with some things, we've been facing some things uh, that have seemed impossible. It's almost seemed like uh, the, that God is grinding up aspects of our life. It almost feels like that our life is, that our life is being consumed uh, by the trials and by the difficulties and by the situations that are happening and that are unfolding in our life. And one of the biggest things that the enemy does, we all know what the word says, John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and life more abundantly. The enemy comes to grab our attention to the process, the breaking process that God is leading us through to the breakthrough that he has for us. He wants our attention and our focus to be on the things that God is breaking off of us, the things that God is wanting to remove out of us, the things that God is wanting to take us to experience the transformation that he's intended and that he's purposed for us. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, I talked about this last week in the reset that I believe that God is doing in our lives, it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. We have to understand that we're in a process 
that God is leading us through of transformation, there are moments and there are times where the trials and the difficulties, the setbacks and the things that we are walking through and that we are facing, that if we are not careful, the enemy and our own flesh and our own nature will be convinced that God has forgotten about us in the process. That God has forgotten about us and the places that we are. But friends, I'm here to tell you today that our God is not one who forgets about those that he sent his son to save. See, when Jesus came to the cross, he had you and I on his mind because he knew what the Father had intended and what the Father had purposed. So while there are trials and griefs, while there are sufferings and there are seasons where we face loss and difficulty and setback, where we face unimaginable and even impossible situations that are happening, when it feels like we are in the fire, when it feels like we are in the grinding process that gold goes through, we need to understand that we're more valued and more treasured than the greatest treasure and the greatest valuables that are on the face of the planet earth because we were created in the image of the king of kings and the lord of lords and he has come to save you and I from the curse of sin which is death so that we can experience life so when we're in the process of breaking when God is breaking things off of us when God is breaking the curses when God is breaking the effects when God is breaking the things that have held us back from the plans that God has intended and purpose for our lives, we need to learn to rejoice. Tell your neighbor, rejoice. Tell your neighbor, rejoice. Now, come on, you got to preach with me this morning. Tell them, rejoice. Some of us are so overwhelmed by the process that we've been in that we can't even think about the word joy. And it's just like the enemy and the process that God takes us into of refining us into who he's called us to be for the enemy to get us to fixate on the impurities, to fixate on the things that are not right, on the things that are not, the the things that are not purposed and intended by God for our attention to be on those things rather than on the one who has called us out of darkness and into light, who's called us out from the curse of sin into the purpose and the plan of what God has established for us. I'm talking to somebody that's here today, that's joining us online today, that you are in a grinding process of life. You are in one of those moments and one of those seasons where you feel like anything that could have been grounded out of you has been, where anything could have been broken in you has been. But I'm here to tell you today, the Word of God says that what the enemy intended for evil, God will turn in use for his good. What the enemy intended to use to be your destruction, to destroy your life, to destroy your identity in Christ, to destroy the plans and the purposes and the promises that he's established for you are just the things that God will use to break off the lies of the enemy, to break off the curses of this world, to shatter the things that the enemy had intended to use to destroy you, to kill you, to steal from you, for God to expose within you the child of God that he's called to be and the plans and the purposes and the promises that he's established for your life. In this day, in this hour, in this moment, what the world needs to see is the light of God, the love of God, the hope that God has established. And the enemy has been fighting the church because we've been going through a process where God is leading us to a breakthrough. But in order for us to have the breakthrough, something has to be broken in our lives first. And what the enemy intended to use in that breaking process, God wants to turn and use for his good. So there's three things that I want to share with you from this word and from this message today. And the first one is this, 
going through the breaking of breakthrough, number one, is a painful process. It's a painful process. If you've ever had a broken bone, you know the pain that comes from that. If you've ever had something that was of dear value to you that was broken, you know the disappointment that comes from that. Anytime something is broken, anytime something is broken, it is immediately, it is, it is usually immediately followed by a great sense of, of pain. The breaking process that happens in our life is never an easy process. The things that you have had to walk through, the things that you have had to face, the things that you are facing right now, the things that you are walking through right now, it is a painful process. And nobody can tell you what that's like if they've not been where you are. But I can tell you that there is one whose body was broken for us, who knows exactly what you are feeling, who knows exactly where you are, and who knows exactly what you are faced with, and his name is Jesus Christ. And wherever you and I are today in the process, it may be in the most painful part of the moment of what we have faced and what we have walked through, but friends, I'm here to tell you today that what the enemy has used and what the enemy has intended to steal, kill, and destroy, God is wanting to use to give you a testimony to share with others of how God redeems and how God restores and of how God fulfills and have, how God ultimately brings us through. Because when God called us out, he didn't intend to leave us the same way we were before. It's why in the process that God has called us to, we are being transformed or renewed day by day. Verse 2 of, of, of Romans chapter 12, it's where my heart is this year, it's where I'm at. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19, we talked about those last week. But in this, where he says, you do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word renewing in the Greek means literally for God to make new. Again and again, God is wanting to make you and I new. Again and again, God is wanting to renew the way that we think, the way that we perceive, the way that we respond to the things that are happening around us. Because as long as we're conforming to the patterns of this world, anytime God takes us through the seasons of trials and of difficulties and of setbacks and our life, we will stay in the seasons of difficulties, of trials, and of setbacks in our life and never experience the through that God is wanting to lead us to. While the enemy's intention is to break, God in God's intention is to break through. So God always wants to take us out of our past, out of our present, out of who we were or who we are into the new of what he's established, of what he's called, and what he's purposed for us to be in our lives. But if we, don't, if we don't learn in that moment to respond and to recognize what it is that he's doing, we'll miss the opportunity of stepping into the new of what he's established for us. We see this with the children of Israel. We see this with God's chosen people who were enslaved in Egypt. We read about this in, in the very beginning of the Old Testament and the journey uh, and, and the process that God was leading them through and that God was wanting to take them through. Here God is wanting to bring them out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the covenant promise that he had made with Abraham, that he would made with Isaac, that he would made with Jacob. The plan and the purpose to give them the promised land, to experience what, what God God had ultimately intended and what God had ultimately purposed for their life, for their destiny, for their future. But in order, to, in order to experience that, there was a breakthrough process that they had to go through. God had to break some things off of them. God had to break off the mindset that they were, 
that they were people who were enslaved into a realization that they were a people who were free. God had to break off their past. God had to break off the yoke of slavery. God had to break off the yoke of bondage. And the process that God was leading them through required, required a breaking in order for them to possess the promise that God had established for them. And they had a choice in that moment. And we know what, we know what the choice was. The choice was to trust God and the breakthrough process. Because here's the deal. All of us... Everybody, we all want, we all want the promised land, but we don't want the process of possessing it. Amen? Amen? We want instant now, especially in our culture and our society today. Now, what's, what, what, is, what is, what's the fastest way for me to get food? What's the fastest way for me to get from, from where I'm at now to where I want to be and the goals that I have, whether it's my relationships, whether it's my job, whether it's my finances, whether it's whatever it is, what's the fastest way that I can get from where I am now to where I want to be without having to go through the process of realizing that there are some things that have to change in order for us to see a difference in our lives. And so what happens is that the process that God leads us into, and we see this with the children of Israel in possessing the promised land, they become discouraged by the obstacles that are in front of them. Many, many times they make the statement to Moses and to the leaders that God had, that God had used in Israel and calling them out. They said, we would have just been better off if you'd have left us in Egypt. We'd have been better off if you'd have just left us back. Just take us back. It's, it's better. At least there we have food. At least there we have. And that is just like the enemy. That's exactly what he does when we're faced with trials, when we're faced with difficulties, when we're faced with setbacks. When we know what the Word of God says, when we know what the plans of God are, when we know what the purposes of God are, it's, well, let me just go back. Why? Because what's back here is more comfortable and more familiar. Yeah, it's not the greatest, and yeah, it's not the best, but it's more comfortable than going through the process of God breaking off the things that need to be broken off of my life so that I can can step into the promises and to the purposes of what he's actually intended for me. And what happened in their life is they ended up staying in the breaking process instead of going through to the promised land. And the thing that God is doing in our lives and the things that God is calling us to as a church and as his people is to realize that we may be in, a, in the breaking part of the breakthrough process in our lives, but God always carries us through. I said God always carries us through. I said God always carries us through. Tell your neighbor I'm coming out. Tell your neighbor I'm coming out. I'm not, staying in, I'm not staying in the captivity. I'm not staying in the bondage. I'm not staying in the oppression. I'm not staying in the depression. I'm not staying in the current state and the current place that I am. It may look like I'm in the middle of a desert, but you've got to understand I'm actually in the middle of God's process because what God is processing out of me so that he can produce within me the purpose and the calling for which he's established for my life, the plans and the promises that he's ultimately said he would fulfill within me, God is pulling all all of these things out. So it may look like I'm in a desert right now and it may look like we don't have much and it may look like we're people that don't possess anything but there's a land whose boundaries have already been drawn on the maps of heaven where God has already declared and God has already decreed and God has already spoken. So it may look like I have nothing in comparison to the rest of the world. My marriage may not look like so-and-so's. My finances may not look like so-and-so's. My business may not look like your business. My situation and my circumstance may not
not look like somebody else's, but I can't take where I am and where I'm at and compare it to where everyone else is. I've got to realize that He called me, that He created me, and that if I will follow Him and I will trust Him and I will obey, if I will walk through the breaking of the breakthrough that He's established for me, I am coming out of this season more refined, more purified, more renewed. And what He has promised and what He's established for me, church, I'm here to tell you the best days of the body of Christ are still ahead. The best days of the kingdom of God are still ahead. The plans and the purposes and the promises of God for your life are still ahead. Don't give up. (laughs) Don't back down on what God said and on what he's promised. It's a painful process and it's never easy. And hear me today. Be honest with the Lord. Be honest with God. Because in that process, he'll not only take the things in our life that he's breaking off, but he'll also heal and mold and restore in our hearts and our lives. Secondly, going through the breaking of the breakthrough that God has established and that God has purposed in our lives. Number two is to understand that that breaking of breakthrough always has a powerful purpose. (laughs) Tell your neighbor it has a purpose. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. I mentioned this just a moment ago. He said this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The response that we have to the breaking processes, to the breaking seasons of our life that ultimately lead to the breakthrough of what God has for us is understanding that God will always take what the enemy's intended purpose was and he will turn it and use for his will turn it and use it for his purpose in our lives. What the enemy intended and what the enemy purposed in your life to steal, kill, and destroy, God will turn and use it for his purpose and will use it for his glory in order that more and more will come to know the love and the salvation and the hope of heaven. Because this side of heaven isn't what we're living for. Hear me? This side of heaven isn't what we're living for. The Word says many times, it reminds us that this life is but a vapor. That it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. This life is but a vapor. I'm not living for what I can get out of this life. I'm not conforming to the pattern of of this world. I'm not conforming to the standards of this world. I'm not doing it the way that everybody else does. I'm realizing that even in this desert, this wilderness, even in this pain and this and this awful experience, even in all of the things that I, that I see and that I feel and that I'm up against right now, I know that God has a purpose to redeem what the enemy intended to use to steal, kill, and destroy. It may not make sense in the standards of this world. It may not make sense in the patterns of this world. It may not make sense even to my own flesh and my own understanding. But I do understand that my God will take what the enemy intended and what he purposed and that he'll turn and use it for his glory. So whatever and however God is orchestrating and God is bringing that about, I know what he says. This was Job's response in Job chapter 23 and verse number 10. He said, but he knows the way that I take. And when he tests me, when he tested me, I will come forth as gold. We know the things that Job walked through and the things that Job faced and the things that Job was, that the things that, that Job was up against. And here's the thing that I love about Job. Job honored the Lord, but he was honest with God. 
Job, Job honored the Lord, but he was honest with God. You have to be honest with the Lord. Job refused even the advice of his own wife who said, curse God and die. Give up. Job refused, but Job was honest with the Lord. And because of Job's faith and because of Job's commitment to know what God had said and to know what God had spoken, he positioned himself to experience ultimately the blessings of God, but it further alienated the enemy from his, his point that he was making to the Lord that the only reason that people love you, the only reason that people serve you, the only reason that people have faith in you is because you protect them and you bless them and you do all these things for them. And Job, having lost basically everything in his life, never would give up on who he said God was and who he believed him to be. And his declaration of faith in the middle of the breaking that he was going through, in the middle of the test and the trial, was when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. The process in which gold is refined and that process where after it's ground up, it's put in the fire. I don't know where you may feel like you're at today. Maybe you feel like you're in the grinding process. For me, sometimes I feel like I'm in the fire. Anybody else ever been there? (laughs) Where the fire and the flame of our heart, of our life, of the trials, of the difficulties, of the situations that we're facing, that we're going through, where the enemy is fighting and and the enemy is pressing in that process, God ultimately is exposing the things that are robbing us from the transformation that God had intended for us. And the thing that I love is that God ultimately pulls out all of those things that aren't of Him. Because what happens in that process is that fire heats up and it intensifies. The gold settles beneath the surface of all of the impurities and all of the things that aren't gold. And, you know, I got to thinking about that process and I thought, you know, in our life, in the, in the trials that we face and the storms that we go through, there's so many times where we feel like we're mixed up in the middle of the storm, we're mixed up in the middle of the situation, we're mixed up in the middle of the mess, and we feel like we can't really see what God's doing and we can't really see how God's working, and it's just not making sense. It's just not adding up. And I thought, you know, that is such a perfect example because if you and I, if we're the gold, if we're the, the precious Uh, most valuable thing to God, and we're the gold, then above that gold is all of the other junk that the enemy's trying to use to push you down, to push me down, to try to convince you and I that God doesn't see us and that God's not working and that God's not moving in our life. That's exactly where Job was. Job was beneath the surface of all these other things that the enemy had used and all these other things that the enemy was doing. The same is true in our lives. And what happens is, is we become convinced that God's just not hearing my prayers. God's just not, God's not seeing where I'm at. God's not understanding what it is that I'm walking through. He's not understanding. God's not even paying attention to me. He's forgotten about me. He's forgotten about where I am and he's forgotten about where I'm at. No, friends, what's happened is God is exposing all of the things that the enemy has tried to use from our past, that the enemy's tried to use from our present situation and circumstance 
circumstances. He's bringing all of that stuff to the surface so that we can say, you know what, Lord, this isn't of you. This isn't who I am as your son and as your daughter. Lord, I'm giving all of this over to you. I'm giving you my pride, my anger, my offense. I'm giving you my bitterness, my frustration, my hurt, my pain. God, all of these things. God begins bringing all of this stuff up to the surface. And we find ourselves frustrated and we don't even know why we're frustrated. And we find ourselves uh, depressed and we don't even understand why we're depressed. And we find ourselves in all these places and it's because we're going through the test, we're going through the trial, we're going through the storm of what it is that we're facing in our life and God is exposing and God is bringing all of those things up so that he can pull them out. And when God pulls it out... (laughs) When God pulls all of the impurities, when he pulls all of the junk, when he pulls all of the mess, when he pulls all of the things that the enemy has used to try to isolate us from God, to try to isolate us from his plan, to try to isolate us from his purpose, to try to isolate us from his promise, what happens in that moment is there's a breakthrough. And everything that was broken and everything that felt shattered and everything that felt like it was purposeless and everything that felt like it had no meaning and everything that felt like it had left me in this place of complete despair and, and this place of, 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 of complete shock and this place of feeling like God had abandoned me and that God had forgotten about me and that God wasn't interested in me. It's in that moment that the veil is pulled back, that God pulls back the things that have been keeping us feeling isolated, keeping us in a place of feeling like God is, is, is not working and that God is not uh, concerned. And then it's in that moment, it's in that moment that the breaking process of breakthrough yields the perfection of who you and I are in God's life and who you and I are and who God has called us to be. The breaking of breakthrough always yields God's perfect promise every time so what happens in our life is God brings us through I love what second Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 through 18 says it says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but what is For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What happens in our life is that when we're going through the process of God breaking those things off, when we're going through the process leading up to the breakthrough that God has for us, the enemy wants us to fixate on what we can see. Because what we can see and what we feel, what we've gone through, what we face, what we're walking through, that that easily, that easily affects our emotions. It, it easily affects the way that we feel. It easily affects whether or not we have faith and whether or not we have hope and whether or not we have peace. And what does the enemy want to do? The enemy wants to rob you and I of our faith. The enemy wants to rob you and I of our peace. The enemy wants to rob you and I of our hope. The enemy wants you and I to live in a constant state of chaos and a constant state of fear, feeling the weight and the pressure and the worries of this world. What Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about your life. He said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what, you, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or even what you'll wear. And there's so many things in our life that we spend our life worrying about. Why? Because we can see them and we can feel them. 
And we feel the weight and we feel the pressure and we feel all of the things that come with that knowing that, they're, that we're faced with all of these different things, all of these different problems, all of these different situations. And the enemy, knowing that, takes advantage and says, see, <laughs> that's not really what God meant in his word. See, that's not really what God intended. God didn't really promise you that. God didn't really say that. God didn't really, that's not what he meant when he wrote that. You're not understanding. It's not translated right for you. You've just somehow misunderstood what it is that God said. And the more and more we find ourselves in that process where God is breaking those things off and where God is, where God is, is, is exposing those lies of the enemy and God is exposing those things of our past, the more and more the enemy wants to push us under and push us into that place of believing that what we see and what we feel is all there is. But that's what I love about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16-18. Because he said, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what I can see right now, it's, it, it's what Paul and Silas did when they were in the prison. I go back to them so often because we find them in a prison for having been obedient to do what God told them to do. And yet they find themselves in this place of captivity after having been beaten and humiliated. And their response to that is what? Rejoice. They begin to worship God and they begin to praise God. Why? Not because of what was seen, but because of what was unseen. Because they knew that you can't stop God. You can't stop God. I love that second song that we, that we sung this morning. He won't fail. He can't fail. God cannot fail. The enemy can do everything that he wants to to try to convince us that he has, but God can't. And what the enemy may be using and how the enemy may be working to try to rob you and I of the truth and the reality and the revelation of his word will ultimately shift and change the direction and the course of our lives forever when we stop fixing our eyes on what is seen and we start fixing our eyes on what is unseen. Because we realize that this breaking process that I'm going through is ultimately leading me to the breakthrough that God has called me to. And God always carries us through. Austin, Haley, will you come? God always carries us through. If you want your whole team, have your whole team come. God always carries us through. Tell your neighbor, I'm going through. Tell your neighbor, I'm going through. I'm not staying here. <laughs> I'm not staying here. The enemy wants me to stay where I'm at. God hasn't called me to stay the same as I was. God's called me to walk in the process of being transformed and renewed day by day. Because it's in that that I'm able, that I'm able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love these last couple of verses from 1 Peter chapter 1. I love this in verse, in verse number 7. He says, These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your souls 